sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. Get Get it it for free free in the the App Store. Hello. I'm I'm neat. How are you today? I'm great. I'm vibing. I'm ready to talk about this episode. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, we have to announce before we dive in who won listening to the episode last episode. <sighs> we do. We do. We've had a vote on our Instagram. I don't know the percentages. Do you know what the percentages were? 73% to the ulterior. <laughs> In favor of. In favor of Lynette's Lynette's biceps. biceps. Uh, Last time I checked, like right when I put it up, it was like, there was like 20 votes and it was like 50-50. Like I genuinely didn't know who was going to take it. It was Lynette's biceps. (sighs) Rip. (sighs) One day Lime Diet Coke will come back (laughs) and one day it'll win. It will win. (laughs) If you're just tuning into this random episode for some reason, we're Wisteria Gays. Oh my gosh. Way to remember it, King. (laughs) Way to remember it. We are Wisteria Gays. My name is Mackenzie. My name's Liz. And we're a podcast where we're two queer people who watch and discuss every episode of Desperate Housewives. Desperate Housewives. Oh, they're so desperate. And they're housewives. There's so many wives. There's so many wives. And (laughs) speaking of all these wives, do you want to talk about season two, episode 11? I would love to. This episode premiered December 4th, 2005, and was written by John Pardee and Joey Murphy and directed by a new director to the series i think wendy stansler yeah i don't think i've heard that name and before. i'm very excited about her because she started out as an editor oh and then was nominated for an emmy for her editing work on sex and the city which is like her <laughs> big thing and then at the end of its run she got to guest direct and then it led oh. to her being a director and then so she started with this episode and will go on to direct multiple episodes of Desperate Housewives. She's directed some season one to Grey's Anatomy, oh. which we've been watching lately. Yes. She directed a lot of Orange is the New Black, Interesting. Ugly Betty, Glee, This Is Us. Glee? Truly Glee. She's directed <laughs> a zillion fucking things. And I have an inkling that she's a gay. Oh. Because she directed the gay episode of the new Dolly Parton miniseries, Heartstrings. The one <laughs> <called> <laughs> two doors down. And she directed a movie. I don't know if you've seen this. Gray Matters. Have you ever seen that? I've heard of that. It's like a lesbian rom-com starring Heather Graham. Yes. And it's like a little kind of a cute little indie lesbian rom-com. It's like a little movie. And she directed it. Oh. So I'm like... I wonder if she's a gay. She might be a gay. And if she's not, it all comes back to gay people. Uh, please come on our show. <laughs> Wendy Stansler, let's talk. So that was long, but I was excited reading her biography. I was like, she's yeah. directed so much cool shit. That's so cool. She still directs now. so Hell yeah. For Sondheim Watch, One More Kiss, We're Back to Sondheim, Thank God, comes from the song of the same name from the musical Follies. Oh. And for Wisteria International... This episode is called One More Kiss, and (laughs) most of the international titles were similar, but kind of hilariously different. (laughs) Okay. In France, it was called Gabby's Kiss. Oh. Which makes sense. Yes. But in Italy, it was called Kisses... Dot, dot, (laughs) dot. Oh, dot, dot, dot. With an ellipses. Oh. Yeah. And in Hungary, it was called A Kiss and Nothing Else. Oh, nothing but a kiss. And my personal favorite... It was only a kiss in Poland. 
How did it end up like this? It was only a kiss. And also the title is an all lowercase. So it looks like a Tumblr aesthetic post. It is. It was only a kiss. How did it end up like this? Oh my God. (laughs) And that's all of my my fun stuff I have at the top for this episode. I love that fun stuff. I'm vibing with that fun stuff. Yeah, I love Wisteria International. Thank you. It's new new, and I'm loving every moment of it. (laughs) Do you want to dive in you got sure. a swimming cap on yeah i got my little cap i got my little t- those little tiny goggles oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And a little nose plug i'm i'm wearing the little goggles that you wear when you go tanning <laughs> i mixed up actual swimming oh, goggles no. with those. it's gonna get all in your eyes I know, my eyes are so red from the chlorine oh my gosh yeah wow you guys are gonna be burning <laughs> for like two days but we start off with kissies a lot of making out <laughs> a lot of making out uh mary alice comes in to tells us that kisses are such simple things that we hardly notice but each and every one of them has a meaning i always notice when i kiss you yeah me too when we just hardcore make out yeah (laughs) always notice it (laughs) yeah so do i (laughs) and i always know the meaning behind it i know the meaning and sometimes sometimes it's I'm making out with you and I'm like, oh, they need to order Thai food. Yeah. And sometimes we're making out and then I go, oh, my God, she's had such a rough day. <laughs> yeah. You <could> just, <laughs> it's really like a psychic connection we yeah. have via our saliva. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just gave me weird chills. We can't even get through the bit. We're both melting into dust. Um, What happens? I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a trick, though, to knowing the difference between kisses. Mm-hmm. Mary Alice, though, is a sneaky little person. I don't know. <laughs> she just doesn't tell us the way to tell the different meanings behind it. How will it. we know? Um, but we cut to a dinner party at whose house? I think Breeze. Yeah. Only because Breeze like the only one that throws dinner parties. That's fair. It kind of, yeah. Yeah, I think the it was island Breeze. made me think of like Gabby's kitchen for some reason, but I don't. I think no, nah, I think house. it's Bree's house. So we are in Bree's kitchen. Everyone is there. There's a, a pretty happening party that's going on. Hopping. It's something that's not joint. just a dinner party. No, like Bree fully just like <laughs> killed a guy, and then is like, "We're gonna get litty because yeah. it's a big party." Welcome to my newly single party. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Um, and everybody's talking about who they were in high school and yes. Gabby was saying something about being a cheerleader and not wearing panties. Yeah. <laughs> and then Tom goes on this rant and he goes, listen, I was a band geek in tuba and I'm sorry, Gabby, but if we knew each other in high school, you never would have given me the time of day. Um, Which, wh- why did, why did, why bring that up? Why does that matter? Cause then Gabby goes on and is like, I would totally have kissed you. <laughs> And then Tom's like, no, you wouldn't have. And they just keep going back and forth. And then Gabby's like, you know what? You know what? And she kisses him. (laughs) She kisses him. It was weird to me, too, because he says he was like, Gabby, it's okay. Those scars healed long ago. And clearly they didn't because you're a grown man bringing them up at a party. Gabby and Tom kiss. I don't know how I felt about that's a weird thing to do. That's a weird thing to do. To your friend's husband. Yeah. Because we get into it the whole episode. They weren't even doing the thing where it's like like I dare you to kiss so and so. She just did it. She just kissed him. I, and we'll probably get into it because every scene with Gabby and Lynette revolves around this moment now Mm -hmm. for this whole episode. Spoiler alert. If you can't tell by the name of the (laughs) title, but like 
I don't, I agree. I understand that Gabby didn't mean anything by it. So I agree with her being like, it's not that big of a deal because I wasn't trying to fuck your husband. But also like, why do that to your friend's husband? I don't know. Without talking to her first? Because yeah, like Lynette's uncomfortableness with it is pretty valid, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Like if, 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 if me and Rachel were partying and like unless <laughs> I was not on the vibe, I don't know. It made me feel weird if my friend just grabbed Rachel and kissed them without to ask it or yeah, i don't know no, without like, it being part of the 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 group mind that yeah. we're gonna all kiss right now it, it's just like i don't know also just grabbing somebody and kissing them <laughs> it was just doesn't weird. really work outside of movies i don't think and also she's not she didn't seem maybe i'm remembering this incorrectly she seemed more mad at gabby but tom did a whole to do of like falling all over himself when gabby kissed him and i was like tommy yeah chill out what did you do Remember he did something? He did something. Anyway. Um, anyway, I think it's also kind of like, I don't know, media, especially older media, puts a lot of the blame on women. Yes. Uh, so I think like that also just has something to yeah. do with it where it's like, how could she be mad at her husband he just when got Gabby's kiss. the one who kissed him? Oh my God. It just felt like such college party bullshit. Yeah. Like you, I, like you would totally do that. They just felt like kids. Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. Um, but then Mary Alice does come back saying the meaning of a kiss usually depends on the one who's doing the kissing yes um but it does pan over to see lynette <laughs> being like what so maybe fuck? that's not always true so like yeah there can be a meaning given like by the people kissing yes. but also whoever is witnessing it can put their own meaning to it as well yes i agree and so we have a short credits after that moment and then we immediately cut back to the party that is now winding down yes. everyone's leaving breeze time for cleaning i like that the ladies are here helping her clean after the party it was cute lynette and gabby end up in the kitchen together and, <laughs> and then they make and out. then they make out and lynette's like i want to get in on that <laughs> yeah where the fuck's my kid i wish that happened God damn it. i was watching you and i was so mad and at first i thought it was because you kissed tom but then i realized it's because you weren't kissing me i can't believe we're <laughs> writing that fan fiction yeah. <laughs> but only in our dreams does that happen because gabby is like it was a little joke and lynette's like cool it bugged me so just don't do it again if that's cool yeah which is reasonable to say, hey, just don't do that again. Yeah. We all, we, let's laugh about it. But Gabby's like, sure. And I didn't get the impression Gabby was going to make it a regular occurrence, but I think the pointing out of that is what pissed Gabby off. Yeah, because Gabby's like, but like it was just like a kiss that didn't mean anything. Like I won't do it again, but like it was only like a kiss and it was a joke. It's okay, two, like, two women that won't. <laughs> It's they're both two women who can't help but have the last word. Yeah. So that's what this whole episode is about. Each of them being like, we agree with each other on the situation. We agree that it's not going to happen again, but we have to get the final word because we both feel affronted by the other one's actions. Exactly. Yeah. It's such a wild, random storyline. I was also thinking like during this scene and during the kiss, like if Carlos was there, like would that have happened? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Carlos was her beaten ass. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Where was Carlos? Was he just conveniently gone? I guess so. Because yeah, he was on a business. Do you trip. think so? they were writing this episode? Botswana. They were in Botswana. Oh, he might still be sick. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. 
but we do get kind of an important thing for two goddamn seconds because the rest of the ladies end up coming in, breaking up the tension a little bit and mentioning the apple whites not being there. Brie says she invited them and they all kind of discuss how they feel about the apple whites only briefly, but I thought it was important because they all kind of agree. They get kind of weird vibes yeah. from the apple whites, but we quickly go away from that because as we said, Lynette and Gabby start to do this sort of, bickering Lynette was doing this wild fake nice Mm -hmm. thing that was scary to me (laughs) Lynette pretending to be nice I also wrote left field but I want to nominate Brie and Edie in this scene for lesbians of the episode because they kind of had a little dynamic duo thing both being sassy together I just thought they were kind of cute together and they like I don't know sure yeah we can throw them in that throw them in the bucket yeah hell yeah and then we cut to Susan she's like throwing out some trash yeah. or something and sees Zach is back. Oh yeah. Is this the first time she sees he's yeah. back? Oh yeah. It's the first time she notices it and she like leaves and she like sprints on all fours over to Mike <laughs> Delfino's house. Yes. And she goes, Mike, you'll never believe this. Zach is back. And Mike is like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I actually kind of liked this scene because it seems like we're now moving towards Mike being less of an asshole to Susan and them sort of coming back together throughout Mm -hmm. this episode. And so I actually did like this scene how she was like, she actually apologizes. Yeah. Like, I think she apologized sort of hysterically multiple times, but this is the first time we've really seen her like just focus in and say, I'm genuinely sorry for what I did. Mm -hmm. And now that he's back, if I can help you to reconnect, that's all I want to do. Yeah. And I just thought that was a really sweet moment. And I really liked Susan and Mike in this moment. And I um, agree. They, they got me back on this yeah. little ship. I'm back. I feel like she genuinely feels bad since everything yes. that happened. And I think he's finally gotten some of his anger out. Yes, I yeah. agree. I wish I wish Carlos could take notes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Carlos, please. Susan finds out that uh, he's been back for days and that Paul will not let him near Zach. Mm-hmm. Uh, to this is uh, what you said about them kind of coming together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Susan kind of brings up the idea that is like, even though I sent him away, I want you to to connect. So like, let's figure out how to make yeah. that happen and make that work. Yeah, when Mike tells her the issue yeah she wants to solve it yeah and so i like it i like that for them because then we come into the young house we see that paul is trying to make zach care about homework and we get kind of a little reveal that he's homeschooling zach now and zach is not happy about it but paul tells him that there's untrustworthy people and zach truly doesn't give a fuck about anything anymore because he's like uh oh are you talking about mike because you know he did try to kill you because you killed the hoobs right and paul is like who me killing the hoobs yeah paul's such a lying little bitch literally and zach is like yeah um oh it yeah because the scene is wild because this scene's wild paul looks at zach and goes do you really think i'm capable of murder <laughs> and then zach's like well i don't think mom would just kill herself yeah <laughs> i didn't think she was capable of that yeah. so I can't believe that I'm going to have to stand Zach when he, like, takes his dad <laughs> down or something. Like, because I... They start wrestling. They start wrestling. I, I truly... I don't know. I'm very interested by the fact that Zach has is truly moved to a place of, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. I think you did these things. I'm going to not hide them anymore. I just think it's interesting. I can't tell where it's going to go. 
I'm interested. Yeah, I, I I think that like Zach is also at a point where he goes, "You put me through so much bullshit. If you Literally. put me through any more, I could probably just do something myself." And that's pretty much that scene. Yeah, because then we see our. I wrote our gay little babies talking outside. <laughs> I believe that's Andrew and Justin. Yeah. Uh, Bree sees them kissing and <gasps> fucking breaks a glass in Jesus. her own hand. How strong is she? She kicked down a fucking door in season one. Can I nominate Bree's hand strength as lesbian of the episode? Yes. Because to be a good lesbian, you have to have good hand strength. Yes. I mean, I don't know if you saw, but when she shot that shotgun, there was almost no recoil. <laughs> Breeze hand strength, <laughs> lesbian of the episode. Chug it in that bucket. Chug it in that bucket. Yeah, she sees them kissing. <laughs> Andrew comes inside, and Brie immediately is like, I know what you did. <laughs> Last it makes summer. me sick. <laughs> I'm going to, to tell. tell. <laughs> um, what if Brie slid that under his door? That would have been yeah. fucking hilarious. Yeah, she sort of tries to threaten him a little bit and then he kind of drags her excessive drinking which is kind yeah. of a new thing i don't think we've seen brie i mean i guess she has wine yeah but i guess maybe the show is trying to now indicate to us that she's having more wine than we are seeing because he was mentioning that she tosses a few back before she goes to bed every night and she was drinking when she was watching them yeah to be fair she was saying things to him like you will not mock my values by <laughs> kissing that boy like are you doing this to mock me and andrew's like this isn't a joke this is my life <laughs> yeah literally and i think that's interesting if that's the direction they're going especially with brie being a really godly woman mm -hmm. the idea of andrew calling out the hypocrisy of that like that type of religious person because sometimes there are there is a type of person and that i don't know hides i think behind their religious values and then it can be very hypocritical when it comes to loving other people for who they are and yeah. so i think it's interesting if they have andrew pointing that out in brie so do i and how that'll affect her i think yeah i think this is some really interesting character growth from andrew as well because in season one before he was sent off to camp again he was talking to the pastor and he was like i'm gonna make her think i'm straight <laughs> you know Do you yeah yeah <laughs> and now he's like fuck it i'm gonna give blowjes right in front of her <laughs> right in the I'm front sorry, lawn blowjes oh god <laughs> right in the front yard is right there. Right I there. mean, but it's it's Andrew and Justin's time on the street. Yes, <laughs> yes. And then we, after that scene, we cut to Caleb and Matthew goes back up, right? And he tells Betty, "I think you're being cruel by keeping him down here." And like, I thought that Matthew was the one who told Betty he needed to stay down yeah, there. As was I. And Matthew was the one that was like, "He's too dangerous to come up." Like, this just seemed like it made no fucking sense for Matthew to be randomly angry that caleb is in the basement when he is the one who actively has told betty that he needs to stay there it just they shifted the point of view of that character so randomly that it was kind of sloppy writing for no, me no i'm glad that you pointed that out because i wrote the same thing down yeah. and i was worried that i was maybe confused at some point no i'm pretty but sure I'm, yeah i'm glad that yes i'm glad that that is what happened yeah it just was kind of sloppy for me with the thread of that character writing wise i just yeah. was like why is he randomly having a different point of view do you think danielle knows anything <laughs> so sorry my brain said to me if she knew something we theoretically would see the scene of him telling her something 
But now I'm like, are they going to just show up and Danielle knows everything in like the season finale? I hope. <laughs> I don't want to see her until then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen her in... It feels like 10 episodes, yeah. even though this is episode 11. <laughs> but it feels like forever since we've seen Danielle. What's going on with their relationship? Yeah. Then we cut to the stranger with asthma, I, Monroe. I couldn't remember his name, so I called him Jack Nicholson in my notes. He has Jack Nicholson vibes. Yeah. Yeah. I think his name's Monroe. It is. Okay. I uh, can't remember. I don't. I just call him the stranger with asthma in my notes. <laughs> He is staking out the Apple White House. Mm -hmm. uh, he probably followed them home from the hospital. Yes. And Edie knocks on his window. <laughs> while she's jogging. Yeah, while she's jogging and is like, who are you? This is my turf. I'm the only real estate agent around. Someone moves into that house every year. So they. Yes. <laughs> she just has to keep recycling who lives there every year. And that's how she keeps making money. Exactly. It's just the one house. Yeah. And... I forget exactly what goes on this scene other than she kind of is poking at him to try to poke holes in his story. Yeah. Because she thinks that he is a different real estate agent coming to like scope out the houses in case anybody like needs to sell their house. Mm -hmm, and she's like, mm -hmm. I sold this house. I've sold all of these houses. You will not creep up here. And if you try to, I will kill you. Yeah. And he, I think he gives her a name, right? Of a place he works supposedly. Yeah. Because she ends up looking it up later. And eventually she's appeased and leaves, but he stays staking out. I just love Edie so much. Give her more scenes challenge, please. And then we see in his car, he had a gun <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> oh, no, I'm so scared. <laughs> like, you would have shot Edie in broad fucking daylight in the middle of the street. <laughs> that would be so sad. That would have been so that sad. That would have been so fucking wild. <laughs> and Monroe is like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not holding back. But then we cut to... The best thing in the world. Julie looking adorable. Yes. <laughs> She's arriving home with Susan and Zach walks up. And we actually get another good Zach moment because Zach, I think, genuinely apologizes to Susan about everything he did. He says he feels like he's grown up and his head's cleared a lot. And Susan accepts his apology. And when they walk, when Zach leaves, he just wants to apologize and head out. Julie, the sweetest girl in the world, says she really believes him. And mm -hmm. they both agree that they feel sorry for him because he's with paul all day and everyone hates fucking paul yeah <laughs> yeah i do enjoy in the scene how they call paul mr creepy <laughs> yes um, he is i wear a t-shirt that says mr creepy yes <laughs> in susan talking with julie about like yes he spends all day and every day with paul susan's like maybe he just needs a decent role model i wonder if there's a hunky plumber <laughs> <laughs> who can be his role model hmm <laughs> But we don't see the end of that no. idea because first we got to cut to Lynette and Brie. I thought this was a fun little shot sequence of so like the ladies. They were driving past each other and they stop in the lane to have a little chat. Um, I also thought that's very like suburban. Oh, like, for sure. For sure. Your mom seeing one of her friends or something on the street and she's like, oh. Hey! Just stops a full fucking vehicle <laughs> yeah. in the road to talk to her friend. That is very suburban. Yeah. I'm surprised they've done it before, but it made this stand out for me. It was really fun. Uh, Brie has fresh croissants. 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 
I had I choked at the end of that <laughs> croissants uh, in her car, and they're kind of talking about the kiss. Mm-hmm. And Bree's like, you know, I don't blame you for being mad about the kiss, given Gabby's history. And Lynette didn't know. She didn't know. How did she not know? How did she not know one? How did L- Brie know if Lynette didn't know? Because the only person we saw well, Gabby tell was Susan, right? Susan found out because she saw the foot thing. Yes, 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 you're right. Um, and I guess Brie maybe heard from I feel like the mom. maybe Gabby told Brie because they're pretty close. I mean, we've seen them in a yeah. lot of scenes recently together. And I feel like she mentioned, like, Helen, John's mm-hmm. mom. So maybe, like... I don't know. I feel like Brie has like this. Uh, we don't see it all the time, but she has these kind of like country club friends or yeah. whatever. So maybe Helen did mention it to Brie. Yeah, because they also mention in this scene that word gets around town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just love that Lynette is the last person to find out about John Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> um. While they're talking about the affair and Lynette is learning all of this, Ida Greenberg comes up Thank behind God. and starts honking her horn. <laughs> and Lynette's just like, go around me. Go around me. There's no other part of the street. I, like, Lynette wants to spill that tea. Ida needs to get cat food. Yeah. And I, for her wife, for her Froman. Froman. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. Yes, but I fucking love the shot of ida just driving on top of the fucking like sidewalk and being very dramatic about going around lynette's car that was very funny this whole sequence was very funny and good to me i kind of wanted ida to ram her i I thought that would happen (laughs) i was like i was like super pumped to be like yes ida do it for me ram Uh, the back of her car i love that unfortunately we didn't get that yet And then we cut back to Susan and Julie. They are working on staging some bowling fun time to get Zach and Mike to hang out together. Mike looked hot here. Yeah. Working on his car like a little grease <laughs> greaser. I loved it. But yeah, they're basically, they go up to Mike and they go, Zach, seems like he's changed a lot. He came, he apologized, and you should go out bowling with us. Yeah, like we invited him to bowling you know, you could just happen to be there and maybe join us. And I really liked Mike here checking in with Julie and making sure she's okay with it, yeah. first and foremost. And then checking in with Susan. Like, checking in with everyone's boundaries. I just thought I was loving this news and content this episode. He's a sweet boy again. We had weird episodes of him being mean boy, and now mm-hmm. he's sweet boy again. Dare I say, mm-hmm. he's going to be a great dad. <sighs> I start crying. <laughs> it was sweet. I was loving this Mike Susan vibes this episode. I felt very cozy and sweet with them. Yes. Oh, you have to talk about this. I have King. to talk about this. I have a story to go along with this that I don't know if I've said in a previous the episode. The next scene? Yes. <gasps> the next scene is Andrew had Justin sleep over. Oh, I thought they were like boning. They were boning. They're sure. naked. Naked boys. <laughs> um... But Brie walks in on them mm-hmm. um, and flips out and she threatens to call the police. Which is wild. Yeah. And before we get into like what the scene is actually about, my story is, uh, stop me if I've said this on, a, on an episode like way in the beginning, I don't remember. But uh, when I was a kid... My sisters were in high school and they would have parties. So my sisters were like, my middle sister is like five years older than me. And one night when they were having a bonfire, 
in the morning i woke up to my mom screaming because my sister wasn't opening her door so my mom like my mom had like a key to all of our doors i don't remember if you told this or not and so i'm sorry audience if you remember and i don't (laughs) and i'm not stopping them because i don't remember (laughs) but my sister wasn't answering her door so my mom got the key opened it and there was a boy that my (gasps) my sister was trying to hide in her closet (laughs) and then my sister downstairs was doing the same thing so like they had a a bonfire the previous night multiple boys and yeah like my sisters had like boys sleep over my mom lost it that's so fucking funny when my dad came home he took off their doors (laughs) and they didn't have doors for six months (laughs) that's wild yeah Oh, I remember making fun of my sister because I, love... I went, oh, it's so nice to have a door. <laughs> <laughs> I love being gay and having no interest in relationships yeah. during high school because I never had to deal with sneaking boys in mm-hmm. uh, the good life. Yeah. That's very funny. <laughs> Do you think that Br- I wonder if Brie will take Justin's door because she Justin like Andrew's a- door because she already kicked it open. Yeah, it feels like a Brie move, but I also. I feel like if rex was still alive or if brie was dating someone she would try to make them do it because i don't think brie herself would take off the door yeah maybe but justin is trying to smack andrew away because andrew is sleeping still even though brie is like screaming brie yells at andrew to kick out justin and yeah and like you said call the cops and andrew kind of blackmails her which like right then and there which i kind of assumed would happen eventually not this quick Um, though and brie is shocked that he would say such a thing and i'm like girl are you that shocked you've met your son are you that shocked that he would do this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you gave birth to you him. gave birth to him you've seen this little evil prince in action are you that shocked we all gotta cut the apron strings at some point what a know? wild <laughs> line um and yeah that's absolutely wild but we don't get to sit in that for long no. because then we cut to tom and penny penny we haven't seen the babies in forever yes and he's bringing in groceries but there's too many and gabby's jogging by and so she offers to help. Yeah, like a very normal thing. I don't know. <laughs> I think she might have alternative motives. Who are you, Lynette? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Pull the mask off. I want to see your <gasps> Felicity Huffman? Yes. You're right here with me? Don't ask me any questions about my personal life. Did you really give all that money? I to- said don't. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> she takes penny i thought she would take some of the groceries but Tom he goes, gave hey, her can penny you ha- take my baby <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe he thought that was the easier thing she takes penny lynette calls as they're bringing the stuff in he answers the phone you know like they're just doing normal she's playing with the baby yeah. and this is why she had to have the baby probably because the baby penny spits, spits up. up on her gabby asks for a towel and lynette <laughs> hears gabby ask for a towel because she needs to wipe up wipe up that white liquid off of herself <laughs> you know what i mean lynette fucking races back to the house immediately upon hearing gabby and walks in to see gabby is just cleaning her jacket tom and gabby are just sitting at the table yeah and lynette walks in and she's like tell me you're hitting on my fucking husband <laughs> <laughs> this was wild yes yeah i mean well gabby kind of poked at the elf in the room and was like you're only here because you feel weird about the fact that i kissed tom yeah and tom is like whoa 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 what yeah, and then Lynette brings up the affair. She's like, well, I wouldn't have to feel weird if you weren't sleeping around. Oh, yeah. 
that was sad. I think Gabby left after that, didn't yeah. she? And she got and, upset. and Lynette tells Tom about it. I just it was kind of rude. That's your friend. I don't know. It just felt really kind of it just felt really underhanded to pull that out on her in front of yeah. Tom and just in general. I don't know. She's trying to get over it and I just thought that was like kind of sad. I don't know. Yeah. Disappointed. And it's it's like what you said earlier that Lynette really just wanted to get the last word in. Yes. But it's not worth it. it. For your friend of like years and years. It just, yeah, that was really rough. Because then we see Gabby telling Carlos about the entire situation that's happening. Yeah. We see Carlos. It's the first time we've seen Carlos. He's so surprisingly chill. Yeah. I'm confused. Why is he so chill? Well, he's so chill because Gabby's looking for support in the situation. And he goes, I can't give you that support gabby because you did have an affair like like that's basically goes he he basically says this is your fault that she's mad at you i mean yeah like (laughs) it was it's weird it's just weird to me that he's not upset about the kiss he is pretty like just monotone about the affair stuff it was just not the reaction i would have expected carlos to have no and then gabby starts talking about listen you need to stop lording this affair over my head so you know what? Oh, Just so we can move past this, you go out, you have an affair, then we're even, and then you can shut up about <laughs> this affair. Why does every TV show do this plot? I feel like every TV show, yeah. when there's a cheating thing, if it's a comedy, it's like, well, you've just got to go fuck somebody too, and then our relationship is fixed forever. Yeah. Do people do that in real life? I've never encountered anybody that, who's done that. I just feel like I've seen it on a thousand zillion TV shows. And I don't know where everyone's pulling this plot from because it just feels very far-fetched. I don't know. Maybe it cancel it cancels out, Mackenzie. Oh, you're right. That's how I, math works. I forgot my, <laughs> my, my fractions. Yeah. Then we go back to Lynette and Tom. Yes. They're talking about the kiss. And Lynette kind of acknowledges that she's overreacting a little bit. Yeah. And she's like, Tom, you're a sexy man. It's primal for me to want to protect you. This was so funny because then Tom's like, yeah, I'm so hot. I am hot. Everybody wants me. That makes so much sense. Have you seen Brie talking to me the other day? She, she was, was looking so at my hot. ass. She was looking at my ass. And Lynette was like, no, she was. And he's like, he's yes, like, she was. It's my sexual magnetism. Lynette <laughs> I, th- I thought this was kind of cute because yeah. it like he weirdly fixed the situation by just being goofy enough for Lynette to realize oh no one wants to fuck this goofball yeah which isn't the best ending to get but I thought it was cute scene yeah is that just over I mean we get a scene later but like I, I can't believe that fixed that yeah I- that's essentially it the only other note <laughs> I have for this scene is the rippling muscles under this shirt <laughs> <laughs> I just you know I love hot scruffy Tom yeah I love my little I'm surprised you didn't say he was cute in the in the beginning scene. he was cute in the beginning I liked scene. his little sweater he's cute I just thought about him and Mike kissing I would like that to see happen. it. <laughs> I would like to see it. Thank Google. you. Google. <laughs> Show me a manip of can... Tom and Mike. Tom Mike fan fiction. Oh, yes. Then we cut to the action <laughs> for once. Yes. The Applewhites are leaving and Monroe is breaking on in. And as if he has some sort of sixth sense, he immediately goes to the basement door and finds the locked door. Good thing he has bolt cutters. Thank God. Fetch the bolt cutters, as Fiona Apple would tell us. He cuts it open. He finds Caleb there defenseless. But he tells Caleb he's here to help him, which I assume is some ploy, because I don't think he's there to help him. Neither do I. He had a needle in the last episode. Literally. 
And he has a gun. Yes, he's a Batman. And Caleb is like, I I can't go with you. My mom. Yeah. I, my mom is coming back. He feels and the vibes are bad. Monroe has this weird line where he's Haiti tries to be like, oh, it's okay. Moms love me. Like, just come with me. <laughs> All moms love me All when I kidnap moms. their kids. Yeah. Every mom loves it. Every mom loves me. I have MILF magnetism. My m- <laughs> MILF magnetism is the greatest thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. I want that on a t-shirt. Milf, can we put it on our shop? MILF magnetism. We got to figure out how to make pins. We do. MILF magnetism would be very funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. They just, I just can't help it. Just like go outside and 15 MILFs just are on me at once. <laughs> I, that's my dream. That's my dream come true. <laughs> so the, aside from this man's MILF magnetism, he punches Caleb to get him to shut up. And then we kind of cut um, basically immediately right to him not being able to get Caleb from downstairs. And I, oh, this sequence so is weird. This the sequence is a little weird. There is something we forgot to mention earlier oh, that Matthew and Betty are talking about Caleb. One of them mentions that they really have to get these stairs fixed because they're so old. Yes. Was that in this episode or was that in another episode? It was either in this episode or the last it's episode. Ha- it might have been they, in the last They definitely one. peppered it for sure. Yes. So Monroe is like walking up and down, up and down the stairs, like trying to figure things out. And as he's coming down, the stair under him gives and he... F- classic like susan <laughs> fell through mike's roof he falls through these stairs and he's like kind of bleeding and things. he shot himself i think is the implication and i want to let you he? know this makes no fucking sense because yeah they show a bullet wound so like the gun goes off when he falls he's holding the gun i don't know how he would have shot himself in the chest yeah because then there's a shot of his back and i can show you there's like an exit wound of the bullet on its chest yeah so i think the implication is that he fell and then the falling shot himself but i don't understand how he would have shot himself in the chest unless the bullet ricocheted i have no idea it didn't make sense to me how he shot himself i thought that was a little of a messy sequence for me okay that's just what i thought Hey, I'm not here for realism. <laughs> I'm here for Desperate Housewives, baby. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I don't know. At least what I saw, I thought the implication was that the reason why he died it was less the falling and more the fact that he shot himself while okay. he fell. That's just what I got from it. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. And then we cut to Betty and Matthew arriving home. And Caleb, I guess, just leaped over this body. Apparently. And he's eating ice cream. And everybody is like, what? I love how this boy only wants to eat ice cream. Yeah, he's like ice cream exclusively, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Mm-hmm. It's relatable, relatable king. And he says, "I didn't do it." As he's stuffing some vanilla bean in his mouth. Yeah, and they're like, "Do what?" And they go and they look and they see the body. Oh God! I mean, he didn't do it. He didn't. <laughs> and then we cut to Brie. She has her little basket of treats. Her croissant. Her croissant. <laughs> And she's at Edie and Carl's place. What a wild duo. Yeah. Brie and Carl. Two Brie and Carl. I never thought I'd see together. Yeah, because she knocks on the door, Carl answers, and she goes, when does lawyer confidentiality start? <laughs> Did we know he's a lawyer? I think it it, it was said in one episode. Okay, because I feel like sometimes with what they do for a living, we never, like how Edie randomly will remind us she's a real estate agent. Yeah. I just was like, did we know Carl was a lawyer? Because I don't remember. 
But it fits him, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like that fits his I vibe. feel like he's kind of a slimy lawyer. <laughs> he's a slimy boy, yeah. He's like Better Call Saul. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that. Oh. He's just a slimy lawyer. <laughs> oh, I gotta check that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a spin-off of the Breaking Bads. I've never seen that either. I've I have a confession to make. I've never seen Better Call Saul, but I've seen the Breaking Bads. <gasps> I can't believe you just lied to me. Yeah. I can't I, believe this podcast is over because you're I, a liar. Yeah, I'm a liar. Who are you? Paul? Yeah. <gasps> Take that mask off, that second mask. Oh my god, you're I, the actor who plays Paul. Yeah, my name is not important. <laughs> what is important is that I lied. <laughs> I do not know that actor's name. Hello. L. So we see that Brie is hiring Carl to be a lawyer, and that's basically all we get. Because then we cut back to Betty and Matthew trying to figure out who this man is. Yes. Something I thought was interesting. I don't know if you noticed it. So the cell phone begins to ring. Rhinestone Cowboy. Is that what that was? Yeah. I love that. Because <laughs> I was like, this sounds like sounds a familiar. Rhinestone Cowboy. They let it ring out, and Matthew shows, because they, they look at his ID, yes. and they're like, we don't know this guy's name. We don't know who he is, Monroe. But he shows her the phone and the name Foster, as who called. That's got to be the family of Melanie Foster, right? Yeah. So then how does Melanie Foster's family know the person who killed their daughter? Yeah, that's what we were talking about last episode. Yeah, it just makes it even more clear to me that the Fosters hired this man. Because we, we sort of, like, last episode thought maybe they hired him but this is the confirmation for yes. me that the fosters for sure hired him how do they fucking know yeah and we still don't we are still unsure if he is an actual hitman or if he was a pi and if he yeah. was a pi like both situations like how would how would they know and the would cops wouldn't i don't under i don't understand i'm very confused you know, but this is cool because i wonder if we're gonna see like the fosters like i wonder because cool. there's no way this guy's gonna die and someone's not gonna come looking for him that would be cool like i feel like the apple whites are just getting like i love how they came to stay low and truly a lot of stuff is landing on them i don't know how much longer they can hide effectively mm-hmm. I'm interested in where this is going to go. So am I. I'm also interested in Gabby and Lynette, which is where we are now. (laughs) So Lynette comes over to Gabby's house and she apologizes. Yeah. And two seconds later, there's like a weird cut and they're just like laughing. There was a couple times in this episode where actors clearly had to like improvise small talk before the scene began. (laughs) And this was the most obvious one of clearly like Felicity Huffman and Ava Longoria had to just say, you know, just words before Carlos. Instead of saying anything, do you want to just like start laughing? Yeah. It just the, the air of clearly they weren't talking before happened for me and it made me laugh because it looked as an actor, (laughs) I'm an actor. No, I understand. It's just, I've done that and it's stupid. It's just very funny to me. Made me laugh. But Carlos comes back in, I think, and that's where the lines begin. <laughs> yeah, because then they, they start talking about how they patched everything up. And uh, does... I'm sorry. I think Do they... you remember who says the 99% line? It's Gabby. Because okay. Gabby is like, Lynette's acknowledged that she was 99% okay. wrong. And Lynette starts getting like you know that like that, that teacher in Daria who like stresses out and like her eye his eye grows bigger and he gets a vein. That's Lynette. Cause she's like, um, but that one percent was pretty valid, right? <laughs> yeah. And Gabby's like, maybe. And, <laughs> and then Lynette's like, do you know what that one percent even is, Gabby? And Gabby's like, 
know. Hey, Gabby. <laughs> She's like, Gabby, do you know about the 1%? <laughs> but Lynette's like, you know, I'm sure you would um, feel differently if it was your husband. And Gabby's like, I don't think so. And Lynette's like, let's test that fucking theory. And Lynette kisses <sighs> Carlos. You know there's fan fiction about it out okay. there now. I, I have seen fan cams of them. No. I wonder, and if you are one of these people, please message us on Instagram and explain yourself. I think there are people. <laughs> explain yourself explain or you're yourself. grounded. Um, <laughs> or we're taking your door away. Yes. I think people ship them sometimes. Interesting. I've never seen them interact besides this kiss. They interact more later in the series okay. without spoilers. But the, the yeah, like they... They bond make, over a trauma. They like make out, make out. Like yeah. Lynette does a lot more to Carlos than Gabby did to Tom. Yeah. And but now Gabby is realize. Now that Lynette's tongue <laughs> is in Carlos's yeah. tonsils, she's like, wow, I get it now. Yeah, her realize, real eyes. Realize. realize. <laughs> <laughs> That's that scene, right? Yeah. It's just basically it. I was that was so long. I felt like that cat that kiss lasted too long for my so for my brain. Much. So much. But we cut to bowling. We cut to bowling. Do you ever do bowling? Is uh, do you ever do bowling? I did a lot of bowling. Yeah, I, used I did. Bowl. I used to live next door to a bowling alley oh, in Bartlett. Tennessee, the little suburb that I grew up in in Memphis, and I lived directly next to a bowling alley in a house that had a Pizza Hut roof that you can still see if you drive by. <laughs> and my, he wasn't a boyfriend, but he was the boy I went to prom with junior year. Okay, he was the MVP of our high school bowling Holy team, shit. and so he would take me bowling and try to like teach me how to bowl. Oh my god! Before uh, that's a way to pick me up. <laughs> Uh, and it worked. And you're married <laughs> cl- cl- we're married now, me, <laughs> me and Ryan. When I was a kid, I was on a bowling team, and I had a custom ball. What? I had a, I had a SpongeBob on it. Sparkling ball with my name engraved into it, and also engraved into it was Scooby Doo. And I my, remember those balls. My my uh, bag was Scooby Doo as well. I'm so fucking jealous. It was it was an eight pound ball. I still <laughs> bowl with eight pound balls. Um, I think my parents still own it. Oh my god! We should go bowling together. I want to when we so get back. Me and the boys when we get vaccinated, <laughs> we're going to Waveland Bowl. Yes, hell yeah! And we see that. I think it's really cute because once again, Susan and Mike getting my little heartstrings going. They're trying to put this little happy family together because Zach shows up and and agrees to kind of join this little duo or this trio, really, because Julie's there, too. And it's it's so cute because (laughs) Zach, one, doesn't really understand why they're being so nice to him. Mm -hmm. But then Susan and Julie are like, oh, we got to go get um, the soda pops and the the pizzas and gives Uh, Mike a chance to be a dad and like keeps Zach out of bowl. And I really I don't know. Susan, like in the last three episodes have annoyed me. I loved Susan in this episode. So did I. Because I loved when Zach was like, I'm so confused why you're all acting this way. I thought it was really sweet of Susan to say, like, you're a kid. You had a rough year and we want to help you move past that. Yeah. Because you're a child. And I feel like no one has talked to him like he's actually a kid. I want Susan to keep this growth. Yes. Susan, please, God, stay on this track because I love you. Yeah. I really liked this whole subplot. I loved the Mike, Susan, Zach, Julie plot this whole episode. Hell yeah, me I loved too. it. It just made me happy. And then after we see Mike being a daddy, hard cut yes. back to the Apple Whites, and it's their designated outside time because nobody else is there. <laughs> yes, uh, and they are 
they're shoving <laughs> this body into this man's trunk. My assumption was that they were maybe gonna do a yield, like to put the tr- like drive the car into yeah. a lake, maybe. But oh no, they can't do that because when the trunk closes, Matthew goes, "The keys are still in there." Yeah, isn't there ways to pop trunks from inside the car or? Yeah. Even like a crowbar. Like they could have done something, I feel like. But I mean, if you try to use a crowbar, you risk the trunk breaking and not being able to close it again. Duct tape it closed. You're right. I'm an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Look, Betty, gotta think of all the options. That's kind of that whole scene. Yeah. Because then we cut to Andrew playing video games and Bree approaches him with her new lawyer, Carl. Carl's like, you can't blackmail your mom. That's not how this works. Yeah, they back Andrew like legally into a corner, basically, explaining the legalities of the situation. Oh, and Andrew's not happy about that. No. Because then he starts saying, okay, then I guess I'll just tell all of your friends and publicly humiliate you. And then Bree leaves for a second, and Carl, like, grabs Andrew and throws him against a wall and yells at him about how Rex would be ashamed of him if he was still alive. And this is like so intense and I'm very shocked that Brie let him do that. But the fact that she saw herself out and stood there with wine made me think that they planned that. Oh, I didn't even think or about like, that. I don't know. It seemed like she was okay with it because she stood there drinking wine while he pushed andrew against a wall yeah i i'm unsure if they planned it because carl does get into like listen your dad and i were really good friends and <laughs> which we never saw yeah and you're disrespecting your well i mean there's a reason we never saw carl because he wasn't it, around it's not yeah. about rex it's not about carl it's about the women yeah that's true um but he's like you need to show your mom like respect and you need mm-hmm. to get your act together because your father wouldn't be proud of you yeah and like i don't know the way it was so violent like i didn't think it was planned Mm, yeah i think brie might have been scared to enter there and also she might have been like well scare him straight yeah literally it seemed like i mean it seemed like it was i mean we've saw in the past that like that brie is okay with spanking she's okay with spanking she's okay like with, you know like, what i mean that kind of punishment for children whereas not everybody is so she's like laid out all of her children's belongings on the front yard yeah you're you know when we talk about it this is so, kind of maybe the kind of parenting she'd be okay with i'm actually shocked she didn't take his door away yeah <laughs> maybe next episode maybe i don't next. know and that's the end of that scene because then we cut to a scene i Hate I hate it. this scene so much. Do you want to talk about it? Uh, no. What if okay. we, just, we skip it now? Um, <laughs> Carlos basically goes up to Lynette and is like, "Hey, uh, thanks for patching things up with Gabby. Uh, you know, I'm supposed to have a little affair. <laughs> I love you around. Uh, you want to? You want to fuck?" And Lynette goes, <laughs> "No." No. No? No. (laughs) Carlos, pick someone who isn't married. There's so many unmarried people you could have sex with, and he chooses the married person they both know. Yeah. What a wild thing to do. It's because of that kissy. That kissy was too hot. It's her her magnetism. (laughs) It's her... her well, he's not a dad. It's not. Her, so he's not a DILF magnetism. It's her toxic asshole 
magnetism. <laughs> just assholes. Assholes. I, I just, it was just, I thought this was creepy of Carlos. I thought it was really creepy, like, to think that Lynette yes. would cheat on Tom with him. Yeah. It, it just, I hated the scene. It made no sense to and me. And, like, the situation around that kiss was also, like, I'm not kissing you because, like, I think you're really hot. It's I'm like, kissing I'm you. kissing you because I'm trying to prove a point to, to your wife. Yeah. yeah. I just, I thought this scene was weird. I hated it. I really hope there's no follow-up to it. Yeah. Let it go away. I can't believe they are going to have an affair, and that's why people ship them. Anyway. <laughs> um. Then we go to Zach. He's sleeping. Little nap. Paul is looking over his sleeping body, as Paul does, I guess. <laughs> yes. My beautiful boy. My beautiful boy. And... He's looking around his room and he finds the scorecard from bowling. Yes. And oh, he- his diaper gets wet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, he gets fucking angry because he's a little baby man. He immediately storms over and punches the fuck out of Mike, and then walks away. And then Mike tackles Paul, and the two men are just fighting in the fucking street. And oh Susan sees it. Susan sees it. She's driving her She's car. Dri- She's so distracted that she hits Monroe's car, and the trunk pops open. And our favorite old lady, one of our favorite old ladies, yes. Froman from Alberta. Uh, Alberta or yeah. Roberta? I forget Al- her name. Alberta. Uh, she is walking her cat probably again. See the the trunk opens. She sees the body, and everyone and she just screams, and mm-hmm. everyone comes to a standstill. Yeah, and then uh, we cut to the cops. They are investigating like what is going on, and uh, Edie. It cuts to it cuts to Edie, right? Or it has the sm- Apple Whites being like, "I'm not, I'm worried. not worried." Yeah, Matthew. It's a very tiny moment of Matthew saying he's worried. Betty saying, "I'm not." Yes, and then it goes to the women, mm-hmm. and Edie starts talking about she she puts on her little detective cap. Well, everybody at first says Paul. Yeah, and but Paul did a weird like it wasn't me thing. Yeah, and then Edie detective she puts Edie. on her little cap and she starts talking about how she thinks it's the Apple Whites. And all of the the ladies kind of they kind of jump at the bit of that. It's they go, like oh. everyone puts on their detective. They have one giant detective cap yeah. covering all of them as they all put all of their clues forward. Yeah. Kind of, you know, those parachute game things yes. you played as a kid. It's like one of those, They're but with the a detective hat. Yeah, uh, and they all start kind of piecing things together, being like, "Oh yeah, like they are pretty weird." And Susan mentions the noises mm-hmm. that she's witnessed a couple times, and like. Yeah, they just start. They start just putting all their clues together, and they all at the same time look at the Apple Whites, <laughs> and then Betty goes, "Now I'm worried," which she's right to be. Yeah, I loved that because it just shows you that these women, these women are smart. They're, they're smart. They're detectives. And then we cut to Zach playing a little Wonder Wall on the porch. Julie is being dropped off by some of her friends, and she kind of walks up and says hi. And this was really sweet. He tells her that, you know, Paul found out and so he can't do it again. And he says he kind of felt like he was part of a family for once in a Mm -hmm. long time. And he thanks her. And he goes to go in and she stops him and gives him a kiss on the cheek. It was a sweet little moment. Yeah. And then we get our Mary Alice monologue. And she starts talking about the meanings of different cases. I have the list. (gasps) I have some of the list. We have eternal devotion. We have regret. 
mother's concern grow a lover's growing passion and then just two random shots of Edie and Carl having sex with yeah nothing tied well, to that because <laughs> there is another maybe they're the lover's passion as well yeah there's also a bit that Mary Alice says that each kiss reflects a basic human need like a need for connection a need for connection with another human being yeah yeah um, <laughs> we see Froman kissing her cat too I was gonna say what a wild shot like I think because like there was a shot of Brie before then I think so I don't remember I just remember her kissing the there cat there was like a really angsty like weird <laughs> shot of Brie and then it just cut to Froman kissing her cat <laughs> lesbian the episode nominee uh Yes, from Kissing Your Cat? Yeah. I think it's got to be at least in the bucket. Of course. Um, But then we end the episode with Paul seeing Julie kiss Zach on the cheek. (sighs) What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Oh, no. We need a lesbian of the episode. I think Bree's hand strength is funny. What are you drawn to? I I want that as well. Is it too much, though, if we do Lynette's biceps and then Bree's hand strength? It might be too much arms. You're right. What are you drawn to? But I think hand strength is funny. Well, I mean, there wasn't if it's a too lot. Much, who of... cares? It's our podcast. Yeah. You know what? Then that wins. <laughs> I'm taking off my mask again. <gasps> I'm Bree's hand. Oh, my God. Bree's hand. <laughs> You're like the HWS. <laughs> I'm like Ubi. Ubi. I was trying to think of what that was called. <laughs> You're Ubi, but Bree's hand. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bree's hand strength wins lesbian the episode. Hell yeah. And with that, thank you for listening to our podcast. We've been Wisteria Gaze. Oh, we have? We have. Whoa. Oh, and if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Wisteria Gaze, on Instagram at Wisteria Gaze underscore, or on our website, wisteriagaze.com or wisteria.gay and on that website we have a link to our merch page which we've talked about a couple times throughout this episode we gotta add some more stuff yeah we have some great designs on that shop like a Fairview High Abstinence Club shirt that I have throwback season one Uh, is kinky kinky dirty nasty sex sweat still (laughs) up there that's still up there yeah that's a classic we have that um, and And it's a logo wisteria gays yeah yeah so check out our merch page on our website we also have a link to our patreon (gasps) whoa our patreon is great it is a full pay what you can uh you get access to things like our show notes ad free episodes yes and monthly video postcards so we're gonna give a shout out to our patrons right now yes we'd like to say thank you to aj alan annie Cheryl, Elise, Helena, Lisa, Liv, Rebecca, and Tom. Oh, thank you so much for supporting us, supporting the show. Oh, we love you. Oh. You're the juiciest of them all. You you really are. <laughs> and if you want to check out our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash wisteria gaze. Hell yeah. Other than that, you can find me, Liz, on any form of social media at the Pigeon Wizard. And you can find me, Mackenzie, at Mackenzie Wilkes. I love reviews. Holy shit. I almost always forget about reviews. Whoa, but you love them. I know. It's always the things you love most that you end up hurting. <laughs> you let slip away. <laughs> um, at the end of every episode, we like asking a question uh, to help get your review juices flowing because reviews help us a lot. They help people find the show mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, I think the question this week should be, what's your bowling ball? What is your custom bowling ball? On Wisteria Lane. On Wisteria Lane. What's yours? Mine is 
in the shape of an apple, okay. but accurate. So oh, it's a no. bad, <laughs> it's a bad bowling ball because it has like the bumps and ridges. Yeah. Um, but it's a beautiful, like realistic apple. Mine is airbrushed, <gasps> like one of those nice, like yes. classic yes. airbrush. I love that. Uh, with I a, love that. With a portrait of Ida, Alberta, and both of their cats. It's like oh. a glamour shot, but it's my it's airbrushed, I and on the that. opposite side it says MILF magnetism. Oh, I want that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Gilf magnetism. Gilf magnetism. Oh, I want that on a t-shirt. Fuck. I love that. My Oh, I had another idea for a good one. Airbrushed three-strap Susan. Three-strap Susan. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't believe we have to start selling custom bowling balls. <laughs> I can't. I'll, I'll, I'll put up an Etsy shop. <laughs> Thank you. So, you know, when you leave your review, if you would like to... Yeah. Let us know what your custom Wisteria Lane bowling ball is. Yeah. Or just, you know, leave a little reviewy. Other than that, I just got a couple things to say. Let me just take off one last mask. <gasps> it's you. It's me. And I love you. I love you. And for everyone else, stay juicy. Stay juicy. Stay juicy.